And welcome in to In the Mix with Mike, another episode here in the studio, Jose. It's a deep one. It's a deep one. How you feeling tonight, Jose? Good, good. What's up? We chilling tonight? What's up? What yeah. are we cooking up tonight? We got to start the show off with Mac. For little, sure. little rush hour RIP to Mac Miller, On a always. quick note on Mac, they're, yeah, they're going to release some of his music. That's tough. Yeah. Did, uh, do you have a date or no? It's just nah, there's no date so far yet, but there's, there's a collab with some... I forgot the guy's name. Okay. I'll get back to you on that, but they, we will be getting some new Mac music. About that, but uh, here here we are here, season two, episode 11, uh, a little early in the week. Our boy Jose going on a little trip uh, yeah, out of Florida. Your boy's... Uh, baby shower. Baby shower, okay. Yeah, shout out to Julio, shout out to his wifey, yeah. Okay, we love that. Expecting a baby boy, so we don't have to go out there and show love. Of course. So a little bit earlier in the week, but we're going to get... This out of the way, and then let Jose get on to his spring break, and then have a good time. Yeah, we have to chop it up before I leave, you know. I can't, of course. I couldn't leave with all my thoughts in my head and shit, so. So, shorter week. MLB is starting on Thursday. We kind of previewed a little bit of that, but kind of an interesting episode. We're going to do a brief recap of the Elite Eight, a little preview, our picks for the Final Four, uh, because that's going to happen on Saturday, and we're honestly just picked the National Championship game. So far, I'm winning that in point. that. I know... Our boy G in the stew here. We're live here. Yeah, he's cooking up. In the cut. He, he won our bracket. I got to give him that. So. He did? Yeah, Gonzaga got beat by UConn on Saturday. Let's just get into it. I have, I have, I have Gonzaga. I have they got beat by UConn. I, I was have UConn, so sick. But I have UConn in the chip. You do have UConn in the chip, but based on the points, like in our, our little cruise bracket challenge, you didn't equate enough of points. Like It's like G had like 33, and then I had like 32. And the only way I could have passed him if Gonzaga would have won. So how many points they, do I have? They lost by absolutely like 28. You have 25. You may actually pick the right champion, but you won't have enough of points to get to him because there's not enough of games. Copy. So, so G1. Or, as or long bracket, as the team that I pick wins, and I guess that's all so. that really matters, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with that game. I mean, UConn blew out. Gonzaga. They I won by told, 28, I think. I told you if they get in, it's going to be a problem. So... They will play Miami, who beat Texas, and Miami's on fire right now. Knocked out the number one team, Houston, then knocked out Texas, the number two team. They'll play UConn on Saturday. That's the second game. Who you got there? You still rocking out with UConn? Absolutely. You going to go to UConn? I'm going to stick to my guns, yeah, for sure. That's a tough one. Miami's playing some really good ball right yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, but that's what's going to happen. You're gonna have, you have the best four teams in the competition. It's going to... It's gonna be competitive. You G- have to go up there and really put in some pain to put put in some work to to come out victorious and come out the, the crown champion. So ain't nothing coming easy at this point. Miami, UConn now. He our, he got Miami for sure. What is, what's her uh, what's her assistant director think in the back there? Miami or UConn? Probably Miami. Miami. Yeah, I need to cut I it out. Miami is just hot right. I now. don't know. See, yeah. Miami is hot. UConn right. is hot too. I'm gonna. First of all, every team. This is so hard. This is gonna be such a close game. First of all, any team in the final four is hot. Yeah, you can't say. I one know, team but is, Miami knocks off the one and two teams in the country I'm like that. That's true. Boy. That's true. From the yeah, back. Florida. Boy. I get it. I get it for sure. But I, w- I would say I'm gonna lean towards UConn. They have a better defense. I don't know why. Like I feel like Miami could win this game. For sure. They're red hot though. But I think UConn but has, UConn a, has a like a pedigree with these games. Yeah, for sure. Like they just they did it to Gonzaga. It seemed like Gonzaga 
Not always only that. time in and time out again, they always would fail in a situation like that. And that then what organi- happened? They did. You know, UConn is just a well, like you said, well-crafted organization. They've been there before. They know what it takes. Not the particular players. Yeah, they were 12 years ago. But still, that, that's not that's kind of recent still. You know, Kemba was there. You know, they have some yeah. some good talent that came out of UConn. Shabazz. Exactly. So. Napier. Give them, give them their credit. But uh, we'll flip it to the other side. FAU knocking off Kansas State. Shout out to your boy, though. Yeah, man. Marquise, bro. That's tough. That's a tough loss for New York. Yeah. Even though we're not from Kansas. But, you know, we always cheer on our players, you know. Of course. It's, it's tough seeing, you know, your players come from your city, lose. But, you know, they put us on a map. They put us. They gave us a light, you know, for Harlem, for New York City. You know, we haven't had, really had a big star like that in the final four. Well, not in the final four, but... In oh, yeah, March Madness yeah. that came out of New York. Well, last one, you could probably say Kemba, mm. Mello. But besides them, you know, we really haven't received anybody from New York. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a great run for him, you know. Put on for the city. I enjoyed it. He balled out. Mm. You know, only six feet tall, but he had all the heart plus the game. So, you know, congrats to him. You know, he could probably potentially see himself, you know, in the NBA soon. So F- all powers to him. FAU... Is a hell of a team though, for sure. Like Kansas State, <laughs> FAU going into this tournament, I think their record was like thirty three and three, and they're just running through teams. Knocked off Memphis, they knock off Kansas State, they also knock off Tennessee the game before it. They're super hot coming in. San Diego State, they're going to be playing. They knock off Bama. They find a way past Creighton. Controversial call late in that game. FAU and San Diego State are beating in the Final Four. Who would have thought it on that side yeah. of the bracket? That's what March Madness is about, bro. I think that's what five nine matchup. I think is I think it's like five nine four yeah. five on the other side, but yeah, five nine so. this side. Yeah, so I who, think, who I do think you, you got that right? Who do you go on this side? Do you go with uh, San Diego State or you go FAU? I probably go FAU. You're gonna go FAU. Yeah. So you have UConn, FAU, and the national championship. Facts. Let's go. Wouldn't, back. wouldn't that be spicy though? Popcorn Gallery, G. <laughs> Who do we? You go FAU or we go uh, San Diego State? I'm biased. I'm a Florida boy, FAU. Wow, so See? FAU, Miami in the final three. Yeah, FAU yeah been bro. Bring it home. Everyone. I know they are. They are really they good. One conference prize game in and out, leading all the way up until yeah. That's good inside info right there. But, yeah, 34-3, and three, they were, like, going into the tournament. They are nasty. Yeah. They're, they're nasty, but. They've been good for years now. I don't like, know. Always, always getting into the tournament, sneaking into there. Not, you know, necessarily <laughs> making a run. Yeah. But wasn't it, like, four or five years ago, San Diego State? Like they made it pretty. They did. Yeah. That's, that's why I, I think in this matchup, yeah. I may lean towards San Diego State. I think the number one team in the country Going well, at least they were going to project them. Alabama, then they put them to two. But San Diego State knocks them off, and the way they were able to dominate that game from top to bottom, I think they just look like a really complete team. And I don't think that this is going to be blowout. I think it's going to be super close. Could go either way. I don't know. I think San Diego State may pull it out in the end. I could see FAU winning this game, but I just say San Diego State is going to play it. UConn in the chip. We stayed on the East Coast. You heard? Okay, so who you got? So you, Jose, you have UConn. Versus FAU. You Facts. sticking with UConn? UConn? Yeah, I'm going UConn all the way. I'm sticking to my guns. Okay, pop, pop, <laughs> Gary G. We got FAU and Miami in the chip. Who that, you taking there? That That's, Pepsi is bussing. Yeah. <laughs> this episode <laughs> of In the Mix with Mike also wanted to. <laughs> Shout out to Pepsi. It's sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, this episode is sponsored by Pepsi. Just want to let that know. Love that. From the uh, 
question? Uh, FAU or Miami in the championship? <clears throat> That's a win-win for him. Probably Miami. I would choose Miami. Yeah, I think in that in because they have bigger situation. Name? Yeah, I would go Miami. Yeah, they're red hot. And then the championship would be what? Uh, well, would, it would be Miami. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. I would go in mine. UConn, San Diego State. I'm gonna say UConn wins this. I just think pedigree. I just think that 28 point win against Gonzaga. I didn't think anybody was gonna shut down Timmy the whole tournament. And Come then on, UConn told did. You, bro. So I think if they get past Miami, I mean, all these teams are so explosive, though. It's it's it honestly really fun to watch. Like it's completely different. There's not like a big big name team in there. UConn's a big brand. Miami's a big brand. San Diego, you know, FAU is a good field feel good story. So it's really interesting. It's it's a good good tournament. So we'll see what happens. Um, Listen, it'll be Saturday to Final Four. National Championship game is on Monday. And then we'll have Jose back for our Masters preview next week, which we'll get into. On Monday. Of course. We'll be back Monday. Don't worry about it. So we – obviously, it's been a early in the week. It's Tuesday. MLB is starting on Thursday. We kind of talked about that a lot. We'll dive into that. Obviously, I know you're excited. And Jose is maybe going to end up at a Mets-Marlins game. We'll keep you posted. Hopefully, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know. That's a three-hour drive. So From Orlando. It might be tough. Go check out Live Golf. That's what I was saying. I'm, I, I could possibly do that. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm reading this on Instagram right now. Yeah, Magic yeah. Johnson Group submits $6 billion bid to buy commanders. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know how interesting that is, but who I wants to that. buy the commanders? I I don't know. You never know. I mean, I heard that they were trying to make a play for Lamar now. That that happened this week. He, he yeah, wanted to trade. Yeah, but Meek Mill also said that. I did see that. That he wants to play for the Patriots. <laughs> Which is crazy. But then again, like, we don't know what's going on. Anything can happen at this point. Come on, But $6 billion for the Commanders? Great for the Patriots. Come on. I'm trying to do Ryan Kraft a favor. That's a lot of money for that organization that hasn't really did anything. Yeah. They haven't won anything in a very long time, if ever. Trying to shut them down this year. Yeah. But, you know who? To each his own, man. If you want to go out and buy them, go ahead. So... We're going to switch it up, do a little bit of a unique segment here on the pod. We've been obviously killing it with recaps, having some interviews, but we haven't done like a unique episode. So this unique episode is going to be remembering the most memorable sports moments that you could remember, like in a standpoint of like you remember watching the game or being there and just vivid memories that you can remember uh, all across the board, baseball, sports, you know, football, everything from every sport. So... Jose, what's the first thing that comes to mind there? Obviously, maybe it's your team. Maybe it's your bias there. But I would love to say my team. I would love to say my team. Okay. But as a as a Mets fan, I haven't seen my team win a World Series. I've seen them in the World Series, mm. but I have yet to see them win a World Series. I've seen my Giants win two Super Bowls. Yep. The Knicks, we're not even going to talk about that. But I've seen my favorite player of all time win four. NBA Finals in LeBron James. So, if you were to ask me my most memorable game, mm. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go LeBron, Game 6 in Boston, okay. and I'm going to go Game 5, World Series, Dodgers, and Astros. Wow. All right. So, let's start with the LeBron, Game 6 in Boston. Everybody should know that one with, the, on. with the stare, look up, LeBron James look. Iconic. That was That was a different... That was a different animal that night. 
So let's just, I guess we could cover this from a, like a whole perspective of LeBron in Miami was a different Bron. Like the, the way think, that he played, what they win, 26 games in a row. I think that was the best Bron besides 2018 Bron. Oh my God. With the Cavaliers. That was a different Bron because that was from like a, a very high leadership perspective. But this like Bron. Not only that, he was very. Miami. He was young. He was stupid athletic at the time, which I'm not saying he's no longer athletic now, but for yeah. that time, like. You know, he was at the prime of his career, and he was dunking over everybody. He dunked over, what's his name, Douglas? Oh, he went crazy. Yeah, he jumped right over him. Like It was, if you want to, for your, for your stats and for your yeah, context. Yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. I know them. Give it to them. Game six victory over Boston on the road. LeBron James went for 45 this night, and he also had 15 boards, and he had five assists. The Come performance on, to keep the Miami Heat alive on the road in the elimination game to set up a Game 7, which they went on to win in 2012. He went in there like John Wick. <laughs> Everything 45, Come on, bro. 15, and 5. An absolute dominant performance by LeBron James. If you have time you know to watch the highlights, it was fantastic to watch him and D-Way that connection. Yeah, bro. It's like when LeBron has his back against the wall and like he has to pull through and win. You guarantee for a forty piece. That was an forty piece nuggets, barbecue, sweet and sour, ice cold beverage, crispy fries. He's giving it to you. Real quick. We could go back to another memorable game, game one versus um Golden State against that was wild. Kevin the JR, Durant. The J.R. Smith player. Yeah, he went up there and dropped a fifty one piece on I was him. gonna say, yep. On the head top. That was I think seeing him in that game, I'm not gonna lie to you, I think that was the best basketball game he could well. The most complete basketball game he ever Bro, played. He did everything. He, he was, had to yeah, do. I know. He was spotless. Yeah, I mean, he was taking on everybody that entire Bro, night. We, and it wasn't for James. If we were, if we were really to sit down, that was wild. What a Bro, night. there's probably like about twenty to fifty games that we could sit down and yeah. just dissect the craft and master work that LeBron really puts in when he needs to. And most of those games, unfortunately, it was elimination games or. Games where he really had to win or his back was against the ball. But those are the games that he just turns into a different animal, bro. He really taps in. Like, you don't know what can happen. He could drop 40, 20, and 20. Like, when you clutch up like that, yeah, bro, back just, against the wall. And then people quick to say, oh, he's not clutch. He's not clutch. Like, they need to cut that narrative. That's, that's nonsense. But one memorable game for you. Well, I want to, just before I get to me. I gotta, oh, you want to go to that one? Oh, I my gotta God. I got to go to the Astros. This was by far, like. I knew you were going to say it, because we, we talk about this, like, almost every week. This is by far, by far. Game the, five. The best World Series I've ever watched in my life. Hands down. No debate. If you don't have this World Series in your top five, I don't know who's your favorite team. Or I don't know what kind of baseball you're into. But this was iconic this yep. was what you want to see in baseball this is what you want to see mm -hmm. in the playoffs the best two teams going out there 12 to 13 or 13 to 12 13 12 Astros. that's insane bro all right you get on base boom home run oh they take the lead we take the lead yeah altuve like it just kept on bro it was just like home run after home run after home run for you to see 25 runs in a world series game Nobody can argue with me about that, bro. Yep. It was 25 it was, runs. It was incredible. The Dodgers, just to give you perspective of what the score did in this game, 
Dodgers jump out to a three nothing lead in the first inning. The Astros score four <laughs> right in back. the fourth to tie the game. I'm, I'm gonna say the Dodgers got one there too. So they're up four nothing. It's four four after the end of the fourth. The Dodgers explode for three in the fifth. I believe it was that that was Cody Bellinger who hit that Cody, bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the Astros, I think it was Gurriel who hit the three most, run bomb to tie it at seven. Most of those like tying runs were all home runs. That were the seventh facts. So seven seven, end of six. The Dodgers get one in the seventh, they go up eight seven, and then the Astros explode for four in the bottom of the seven to go up eleven eight. And it's not over. The Dodgers come back. But not all at once. The Dodgers cut the lead to two. They score one in the eighth, so it's 11-9. The Astros had another in the bottom of the eighth. It's 12-9 going in the ninth. And what do the Dodgers do? Explode for three more in the ninth. They well, tie it at 12-12. Astros went in the bottom of the tenth, 15-10. Mm-hmm. I remember nonstop. Travis Scott was going crazy. Bro, the building was shaking. That was wild. That was one of the best, probably the best baseball game I've watched in my life. Yeah. That was a lot incredible. of people. A lot of people would throw Derek Jeter's last game up there, which was a magnificent that game. That clutch hit, yeah. The clutch hit, like typical Jeter style, Jeter fashion. Yeah. Walk off, get on base, you know, right up the middle. Like that was, how would I say, like, yeah, that was perfectly written for him. That's typical Derek Jeter performance right there. That was a great game. Like, there's so many games you could go into baseball, that, like, you know, were great. But for me, that's. Probably number one at the moment. So Hopefully I'll, the Mets could do something this year that could change that. <laughs> right? I'll take it a little different. I'm going to fill in the gap. So for me, I think me- most memorable moment as a sports fan like was Tiger winning the Masters like in that comeback in 2019 for me. That was yeah, like, that, that was because that was like six years telling like everybody around me like, no, I think he's going to I think he's going to do it. Like, I think he's going to come. And back. everybody and going through back surgery. Too. Yeah. Like the lowest of the lows, the DUI, he's washed everything for he's six a, years. He's a cheater. Like yes. he doesn't care about his family. Like all that crazy stuff, and he goes out of there and he puts on a show. I remember it like yesterday because it was 2019. It was like my last, or it was my junior year on like the team, and like the Friday of the Masters, he started. He started pretty good. I think he shot 70 in the opening round, and then like the Friday, I remember it was a rain delay. And he started making a run after the rain delay. And it was crazy because he had this shot on the 14th hole. He, like, hooked it over the tree. It was crazy. Hits the green. And as he's trying to watch the ball, somebody slips and hits his ankle. And it looked like he turned his ankle. And you're like, holy shit, this guy just... <laughs> he's going down. Like, we were about to go at this guy's head. Tiger shakes it off. And I think he fired, like, a 67 the next day on moving day. And it sets up Sunday at the Masters, which was early in the morning. So I remember just watching it and like he was, you know, two back chasing Francesco Molinari and like around the 12th hole, like most picturesque, one of the most famous par threes in the world. Tiger. Was that when he had the red shirt on? Yeah, yeah, of course. Always wears red on Sunday. Always wears red on, on Sunday. And on the 12th hole, you could see Francesco Molinari and Tony Finau, the other gentleman that was in the group, both hit in the water. They misjudge the wind. And you then you see Tiger just hit the green with like an eight iron. And you see that veteran presence right there. Hits the green. Picks up a shot there on Francesco Molinari. Plays the par five. Driver. Ferro right iron. Another birdie. Picks up another shot. Pars 14. Goes to 15. Driver. Ferro right iron. 
Two putt, another birdie, got the lead, goes to 16, throws it to the back of the slope. And if you guys you, know the most I don't mean to cut you off, but you were savage for knowing Oh my god. Exactly Easy. how everything went down. But that goes to show how much of a fan you are. Of course. Of Tiger. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. And then on sixteen, if you guys remember that most famous chip in golf, I'll show you where he like throws this thing up like thirty feet that way and then lets it just drift down the hill and the ball just stops just before it rolls in the hole. And then you see the Nike check and then it just drops. It's the most iconic like shot he's ever played, but on that hole, he hits it right back off that bank and it rolls down to a foot. And then he goes on, par 17, makes a bogey at 18, and taps in and wins the Masters by one shot. And it's it's one of the most iconic moments because right after he does that, you're like, this is incredible. His son then comes running up and he gives him a hug, and they show you like in the same spot in 1997 the first. Uh, the first Masters victory he had, how he hugged his dad at like the same spot. That's crazy. And he lost his his dad, you know, years later. And then in 2019, it like he's comes full Charlie. circle. He's hugging Charlie, and now you know we've gotten a couple years later, and you see how good Charlie is, and it's just I think Charlie. It's one of the most iconic moments in like golf sports history. for me, and yeah, in of golf, course for you. Just, yeah, for sure. just I remember it just so vividly. Like I'm not gonna lie, like I definitely teared up. Like that shit was like fucking crazy. Like. All the years, I was like, holy shit. And then him, like, hugging his son. It was just, like, the most. That's what sports are all about, you know? For sure. It's, like, iconic, memorable moments that you're never going to forget. And you know what? It's amazing because, you know, we're doing this podcast. And for some reason, for the life of me, I heard a podcast today. And it was the day that Kobe died. And it was also, like, this reminds me that, you know, we have those moments, which is just incredible, you know, that, that joy of a victory or, you know, this that celebration moment, but then you also remember those those moments of of tragedy. You know, I remember that Kobe Bryant, his death so much, you know, um, where Tiger was playing and it was just like it was during the tournament when it happened and it was just like so real. So, On a Sunday too. Yeah, I remember that like Because we got the like, news that yeah. Kobe it was like what? It was 10, a eleven. Sun- yeah, it was a Sunday and that yeah, was I remember just that day. The really, helicopter. It was I was like, in Lewis house. He was still living in the Bronx at that really? time. Yeah, we were preparing, I think it was I don't know. It was just a, a specific pay per view for for WWE. I don't know if it was. If it was we, January this time. So it had to. I don't know what specific pay per view it was, but I was on my way to his house and I'm like, oh shit! And it's crazy because yeah. Nipsey, I believe, also died on a Sunday too. Yes, he did. Yeah. So it was just like it was tough. It was tough. And especially like. The way it happened with his daughter yeah. being there and just like two I didn't iconic, believe it was real. Yeah, two iconic figures like Yeah. It's tough, man. That shit hit that shit hit. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they like were the faces of Los Angeles at the time. I know. Like Kobe's gonna be ever be the GOAT in LA, any sport. Yeah. He's always gonna be the most memorable person that comes out of you know, LA. And then for the music side you could probably say Nip or Snoop and them, but Nip definitely put he he put a stamp in, yeah, in L.A. for sure. Yeah, so we'll continue on. Uh, G, do you uh do you have uh any any what's memorable? Your, what's your memorable moment? Yeah, and it better not be your boy either. And you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh come on, he is a fan of the box. Before I mean, the Buccaneers Super Bowl was definitely a memorable moment for me in my life because it was the second time. Since I've been, you know, on this earth, 
So Second did, time. So did you watch the that 03 one? On this earth that we've won a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. So that's a pretty exciting thing, but it's not you, my it's not my most memorable. Did you like did, watch? Did you watch him? Yeah. Did you watch him beat Oakland that year? What back when? Oh two. Oh two. Yeah, that's the last I mean, time they I won. Was five years old, and my dad is a diehard Buccaneers fan. I'm sure. Yeah. So you still remember? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I need you know, to remember it. I wasn't old enough to remember the game, but hmm. I think, honestly, have you ever seen the movie uh, the, uh, Miracle? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that, but obviously we weren't alive for it, but I was yeah. really thinking that. It's yeah, crazy dude, you say that. I, I was, 1980. I was thinking about that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Herb Brooks. The 1980 USA Olympic hockey team. Beating Soviet beating Union, the Soviet yep. Union. Yep. But, and that was like uh, around the time uh, yeah. after the Cold War, so there was tension between yep. the United States and Russia, obviously. Yeah. And I just remember that movie is crazy, and yeah. it's based on a true story. Yep. So I guess I could say that's a memorable game. I agree with you 100%. I honestly was thinking about saying it, but we weren't alive for it. But I'm honestly glad you said it yeah, and brought yeah, it up. Yeah. I went to the Giants game versus Philly where OCU Manura had the seven sacks, right? Yeah. Bro. Was that the uh, 1 o'clock game? Giants no, won close? No, nah, it was a night game. Bro, a Philly fan literally drunk his beer and threw up on a young lady, bro, right? Right in front of us, bro. He drunk his beer. He chugged it. He put his hands in his mouth, bro, and literally puked on her, bro, on a Giants fan. I'm like, yo, this is insane. And like, in, I'm not too sure if it was MetLife at the at the at that time. It was probably the old stadium, but security were like bright yellow, like a neon yeah. green, bro. From where I was sitting, bro, if you look throughout the whole stadium, all you see is a group of five neon people. Running here, running there, running here, running there. Security guards coming down, breaking up another fight. And then you look to your left, another group of security guards. It was just madness. Like, And I get it. You know, people go hard and they're diehard fans. But, you know, have a little bit of respect. And I just feel like, and I have no problems with it. Like, cool. Philly fans are crazy. Like, we can say that about a bunch of couple teams. But to experience it firsthand, I'm like, oh, shit. This is kind of wild. Coming from New York where, you know, we're crazy. But... Philly, mm. New York is right across the street from each other, so I don't, uh, I don't see why there should be any difference between them two. I was gonna say like it's amazing to see like the differences between the winning Super Bowl of the Philadelphia Eagles and also the losing of the Super Bowl of the Philadelphia Eagles. There, yeah, that was tough. You bro. go from 2017 where they outplay Tom Brady at his best. What did he throw for f- over 450 yards? Did he throw for 500? I think in that game that he yeah. lost. And uh, Nick Foles just outplays him, and obviously the Philly special, and you know what a moment that was for for the city. The Eagles finding a way to get it done, and just the collective effort. Eagles come together and find a way to to be the Patriots at at Brady's best, linking up with Gronk, and then you see it in the parade, and then after the game, the celebration in the city, and just what it meant to the city. And then on the contrary to that, of this the most recent Super Bowl, which was. An incredible game against the Kansas City Chiefs where the Eagles fans were so passionate and there was a lot of talk and, you know, the result didn't go that way and it went the opposite direction and there was a lot of frustration. There's still kind of a lot of frustration, you know, not only because of the Eagles but because of the Phillies even, you know, getting to the World Series and then almost getting almost getting it done, losing to the Astros in six. So it's kind of a time in Philadelphia where I think they're proud of the team but it's almost like it's bittersweet in a sense because, you know, the main goal – was right there and uh it just didn't happen but you know that super bowl was crazy 
I would put that in there. I think for me, just like the environment of watching that, the most recent Super Bowl against the Chiefs. No, that was lit. That was crazy between that was Riri a hell of at a the game. halftime. Just, that was a hell of a game for sure. Yeah, that just and just like the party that I was at, just the vibe, the energy. It just looked like the Eagles were gonna win, and then just that call. But we don't got to talk about that. I was gonna add, but it's crazy that you mentioned literally yeah. like a couple of days before the Super Bowl. It was like, yo, it's gonna. I said it, and you said it's like. If the refs have an opportunity to <laughs> stick it to you guys, they're going to stick it to you guys. And that's exactly how it unfolded. Mm. And you remember what you said? It only makes sense for Patty to win in the State Farm Arena when mm. he is the biggest State Farm spokesman. <laughs> like, it all makes sense, bro. But uh, And they robbed you guys, which is f- trash. Man. But that one still hurts. I was also going to add the uh, World Cup Argentina get in, get in France from like a most, vic- uh, most recent game oh, yeah. Argentina beating France that game was Did you see the video that was of, history you see the videos of Argentina after that? Bro, yeah there was like that's, 10 million that's exactly what I was thinking tell. The country for like two or three days or whatever for that parade yeah. that just shut down everything bro I would add that one in there um so say any other any other big ones that you really remember as well um what about Kobe's last game that was crazy against the Jazz he it went, looked like he had nothing left. But he went crazy, though. Everybody kind of questions the Gordon Haywood. Did he, like, did he do that? Did he try to step in the lane so of Kobe course. can get another one? But Kobe didn't even need it. Knocked it down. Well, he dropped 62 that night? Uh, I think it was. I thought he was. It was it 62 or 61? I don't know, like, right now. What a game, though. Yeah, I mean, that was just a, such a memorable way. It was like, just to, give it to Kobe, bro. I know. You had to, though. It was like. But, a, you know, it's crazy. Like, he dropped 62, but, like,. It's crazy to see. Those look like the most painful. It was 60. It was 60 right on, 60. actually. Those look like the most painful 60 points yeah. a human has ever scored, bro. It's like his lo- his body was like literally like. Dying. Right yeah, I can't, I can't take any more, bro. Yeah. Like, this he was is done. The, yeah. I'm out. Like, started, yeah. I'm gassed. Like, I can't do this anymore. And he went up to 8 for 60. That was an incredible moment. It really was. Facts. What other game can we talk about? I mean, you obviously. What about US, what about when Beltran got buckled by Wainwright in the World Series? Oh, six World Series. Oh my God! Or I think NL, I cri- NLCS. NLCS. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think almost. I think I cried that day, bro. Because Beltran has always been my favorite baseball player growing mm. up. Like he's the reason why I watch baseball, and then he just so happened to come to the Mets, and you know he's like one of the greatest postseason hitters in baseball history. And he fucking buckled, bro. That curveball was crazy. Like he, like he wanted to swing, but he was like, "Oh shit, game over, bro." Yeah, I know. Couldn't do anything. I know that was a, that was a crazy NLCS. The Cardinals won that four three in seven games, and then they went on to win what the World Series against and beat the Tigers in five. What no year? Sense. What year was it when Aaron Boone hit the walk off home run for the Yankees against the Red Sox? Yeah. So that would have been, I want to say, was that 03? Because the, what was the bloody sock? 04? Because I remember I was When they like, blew a 3-0 lead, the Yankees. Yeah, I think that was 04 against the Red Sox. I remember I was like, oh, God, it's bum-ass Aaron Boone coming up. And I wasn't even a Yankee fan at the time, but I was like, I wanted the game to continue. like, And boy came in and he put it right there by the foul pole. Okay, so that was... That was 03 game seven. So, yeah, I was right. It was the year before. And then I think 04 was when they came back. 03 down to the Yankees. You're thinking of the bloody sock game. Yeah. Those are like iconic memories, though. Yeah, the you Yankees, Red that Sox. That, like, I like how we just like kind of 
shoot off of each other's points because that reminds me of like Pedro. Remember when he's fighting the old pitching coach there? Since Remember when he threw his ass out in February? Yeah, he, get him off me. I have a question for you since you're a Yankee fan. Yeah. Do you think ever since Pedro, Manny, and Big Poppy, like, you know, they find their way out of baseball, they retire, you know, their career's over, do you say that that rivalry has, like, sort of dimmed down? Because I don't feel like it holds the same weight as it used to before. I would agree. I do see that a little bit. I don't know if it's because if we don't have the star powers or the power teams competing against each other. But, like, when Boston play the Yankees now, it's like, mm. I think now the bigger rivalry is going to be the Mets versus Yankees. I agree that the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry hasn't been as strong. I think yeah. it's been kind of awkward a little bit. You know, like, they met in the playoffs not this past year but the year before. And... It was one of those moments where Boston just blew him out, you know. And that's the thing. It feels like the games aren't as competitive in a sense, you know. It feels like a blowout in a sense with with the games. It feels like the Yankees either blow them out in terms of home runs or the Red Sox yeah. just shut them down in pitching. I mean, there was a couple games this past summer that me and you were watching. You were like, yo, this is fucking crazy. But I feel like the Yankees this past year really hit their stride and then Obviously, unfortunately, they were a little short with the Astros, but I do feel like that rivalry overall has diminished. I think for that to come back, I think both of them need to start both playing good ball at the same time. You know, I think what it is, too, I don't think right now Boston has like a superstar. Yeah. We're going to say this. After Mookie left, I think that's when it really like died out. Cause now, like, who, who would you say is like the next superstar on the Red Sox? Would you say Verdugo? Would you say Devers? Like, I could see Devers. I like Devers a lot there. He's a stud, but... Yeah, I know. Rafael Devers. He's really good, but I don't think he's a superstar. Well, they lost, they lost Bogarts. Yeah, but he, he, yeah. he wasn't really like a superstar type. I wouldn't say him. I'll take Devers over him. Mm. But talking about Bogarts, have you seen um, Machado? Have you seen Tatis playing right field? He... Showing off that cannon? I did not. Yeah, he, he's, 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 he's pegging people at third, bro. He's letting that that gun fly, pegging them out, getting them assists. But yeah, I'm ready for baseball, bro. I know I'm you so are. Ready. You're itching. I'm you're so itching. Ready, we're still, we're still, we're still chopping up some big games. Any? Uh, what about some college games? I mean, basketball, college basketball. I remember the Duke Butler game. That yeah. was pretty iconic. I remember he almost hit the half-court shot uh, that won in that game. Villanova's recent championship yep. like about four years ago. Against North Carolina. That one was dope. Obviously, against with, North Carolina. They pulled up with that three-pointer from D. Chris Jenkins. Oh, my God. I remember when, like, Kansas beat Memphis when Mario Chambers hit that shot over a young Derrick Rose in Memphis. Facts. I remember when Kansas was, like, a big, big powerhouse team. I used to pick them when... College basketball games used to be on P. I think it was P3. Yeah. And the Xbox, I'm like, yo, Kansas was. I know. Killers, but. They won it last year. We'll see, obviously, who wins it this year. But I feel like, uh, what about for the opposite college football? What big games you remember there? I remember the Rose Bowl, USC, Penn State game. I remember that a couple of years ago. That was fire. That USC, was a good game. USC won sure. that one. I remember Vince Young. Winning the national championship game for Texas, him running it into the end zone, that was Word. an iconic moment. What about um, 
Jameis Winston taking down Auburn after Auburn running the kickoff back against Alabama. What about my boy, Joe Burrow, with the seven touchdowns? He was spicy. I think what I remember most about that game was him hitting the cigar after. For sure. Just like that cocky, swaggy. You know? I was like, I'm him. Yeah. I'm him, Duncan. Exactly. I'm him, Jones. Like, those are just moments that you live that live forever. Like, you're always going to remember that. And for some reason, we're like, athletes light a cigar, bro. Why is that, like, so memorable? I know. I think it's just, like, a thing of celebration. Like, you only see the greats do it. Yeah. I think it's probably, like, a Jordan thing, right? Yeah. Because Jordan used to love that. He still loves cigars to this day. So, I guess, like, that's a really, like... The iconic moments. Yeah, take that one to the chin. I like that. That's fire. Who else? Who would you, who would you say for... For uh, what was the biggest loss you've seen? Hmm, how so? Like a loss that you didn't think was gonna happen. Like the biggest upset, I guess. Yeah, like a big upset. Um, it's tough to call it on the fly because it's like so many games. I would probably say, well, obviously. G brought up a good point with the 1980 Winter Olympics with the USA beating Soviet Union. That was, like, obviously the biggest upset. But, um, mm, that's tough. That's tough off the fly. Because I want to say, like, I remember Appalachian State beat Michigan. Everybody thought at that time, like, there wasn't real big upsets. I think Butler became one of the very big schools, underdog, to start really moving weight and start making a run. VCU. You know, I'm thinking really underdog schools that that put themselves on the map. Um, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say a couple of those those big big ones. Maybe like Sister Jean and Loyola <laughs> Chicago. True, that's but a good one right there I'd, too. I'd probably go with some of that. What do you think the toughest loss as a sports fan has been for you? I don't toughest know. Super Bowl is still still uh, toughest loss. Hmm. I I could probably say. Watching Peyton get annihilated by the Seahawks defense, that was a tough loss for me because I'm a big Manning fan. Mm. Like, just the Manning family in general. That started off so bad, that yeah. game. Yeah. Right from the get-go. So it was like the best offense versus the best defense, and they put the pause on those dudes. Like, Manning couldn't do nothing. And he's a, a general on the floor. Like, he dissects defense like no quarterback has ever been able to and he had no answers for them you know what's really interesting about Peyton Manning he I feel like he never had a defining moment in the Super Bowl like he never really had the chance they beat the Bears and everybody really remembers the Devin Hester kickoff return mm-hmm. um the one against the Saints didn't go, moment didn't go good the Seattle one didn't go good the Carolina game he kind of got carried by the defense with Denver at least at least his brother has one Eli. He's got two. He yeah. got two. Tyree. I remember yeah, that so vividly. Like, the, the, the catch. The catch. Yeah. For sure. And then people who like fail to realize, not that they fail to realize, but they fail to re- remember that he had to break a lot of tackles just to be able to make that throw. Stay on his feet. Yeah. Like they yeah. only remember the catch, but they don't remember everything. Eli. The five to six seconds prior to that throw. But he was being grabbed and almost sacked, and he let that ball fly, and Tyree went up there and got it. And you know what's funny about that? I remember watching so many, like, 
you know, documentaries about it because obviously my family, big Giant fans, you know, especially my mom. So it's funny, you know, you see these things and a lot of the players are like, Eli just, he'd be tripping over himself, like just walking. He couldn't yeah. even walk straight and like keeps his balance, stays alive, <laughs> throws it downfield. He's Tyree clutch. over a corner, like he sticks clutch. the ball to his helmet. That had to be the greatest catch in NFL history. I still think it is. I think, think I, so? I think Odell probably is better skill level, but I think the moment and what that catch did, because then not too long he hit Plaxico over the top. Yeah, over the top. Fucking crazy sure. saying his name. I, what a receiver that is. Me and you got to do a whole show on, like, old players and just, like, For sure. like who are those, like, savages out there? Because we could go through a lot of them. But that catch in that moment was unbelievable, you know? No, that was definitely going to – I will remember that forever because I watched it live. Let's get to a couple fan questions here for for this for this so, topic. Hit them, hit them. So a couple with fan questions. What was the most controversial uh, call you've ever watched that you could remember? Most controversial. I got a couple. The one that sticks to me right off the back was uh, Saints versus Rams. Rams. Honestly, that 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 one that one was too, that was bad. That one was too blatant, bro. It wasn't the first one that came to my head, actually. Which one was it? Which one would you say was number one? I I can't think of his name, but the pitcher on the Tigers. There was the no hitter. He was clearly out by oh, a mile. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Blew yeah. it, and, and the umpire blew that one. Blew yeah. it, and everybody like to Facts. this day, people are like, "How can you not yeah. give him the no hitter?" The MLB should have petitioned that, bro. Yeah. For I, sure, I remember that was like the that was the worst. Call. Wasn't he pitching a perfect game? It was something like that. It was a no hitter, a perfect game. Don't I think call it me was on a, it. I think it was a perfect game. You may be right, and it was, he was sure. out by a mile on a blue yeah. down the line to second base, the first base. That's crazy. He's out bro. by, or he ran it to first base from the first base mm-hmm. and flipped it. I definitely remember that. That was for crazy. sure crazy. Definitely remember the that. Rams and Saints one was a good one. Yeah, too. that one was just so bad, bro. It was just like LeBron's against the the Celtics not too long ago was pretty shitty too. That was a bad call. Yeah, that was a terrible call, but it wasn't like in a a pivotal moment, like a playoff moment or championship moment, like. So that for for me is like, and not for nothing, but LeBron is always getting fouled like that. Like he goes up there, he gets abused, and he never gets the call because he's six eight and he's a freight train. You know, they're going to give you all these excuses, but I'm trying to think of another one. I mean, I would say, I don't know if you would put the Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl there. Yeah, that, that, that one too. It's questionable. For sure. It's questionable. Sure. He did admit to it, but, you know, I it's mean, questionable. He's I He's going to give you the politically correct answer, so what do you expect him to say? There's... I mean, There's I re- so many. I remember. I, I want to say maybe not controversial in terms of a call, but I remember the Bartman incident with the Cubs and Marlins. So I remember that was one of the most bizarre things. I think it's it's great that we have thirty for thirties and you know documentaries. They that, need to give us more of those. What happened to thirty for thirty? Honestly, like I feel like anything that ha- crazy have, that happens like, at sports are like there's going to be a thirty for thirty. But now I feel like they're they're not really produced as much, and I feel like so much shit happens that we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's weird, and then you, you call me with that one because, bro, I used to love the 30 for 30s. Like, even when I missed them on, on TV, I would just go watch them on YouTube, and it's like, what happened to these? Like, they were, like, so in, informative, and, like, they give you, like, the backstory to a lot of the shit that we didn't really know about. Like, yeah. they gave you the scoop, and it's like, now I don't remember the last time we got one. It's It's funny, though, that you mentioned these 30 for 30s in a sense because I feel like, 
they may be going away right now because I feel like a lot of people are shifting to that documentary model. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the 30 for 30s and the good ones are like just like very well documented, you know, time periods where it's like we know what happened, but we don't have the footage, you know? Like, I feel like The Last Dance highlighted the Bulls in a way that I've never seen before. You know, it was just ahead of my time. And I didn't watch it in person, but I knew all the greatness about him. But then seeing that, and what I think I appreciated a lot from that show, The Last Dance, was just being able to watch it from the 90s. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think, like, I would have a, a great... We need more of those. When we have, like, the documentary on, like, Kobe and the Lakers, I'm going to appreciate, like, the subtle of T of, like, mm-hmm. this was the NBA. The brotherhood behind Yeah, you, so. this is, like... And I have a theory about that. The coverage, you know, you and just, like, everything about it. So I feel like... The 30 for 30s, they were so good that I think we're waiting on it a little bit and holding it off to make it even more bigger and profitable because you see how big these documentaries get. And any artist, you know, or any athlete or anything like that. But your boy Jordan always want to drop these these projects when LeBron passes a, like, a historical moment. Like, he won the finals, they dropped the documentary. He won the all-time scoring record. They dropped the the movie Air with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Like I every time, I think it is somewhat of a coincidence. Yeah, they moved like, the last dance. Every to like, every time LeBron, it's like when Nas drops, Jay Z does the yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how that be. Like, <laughs> he feels the pressure. Like every time LeBron passes a milestone, Jordan is like, "Wait, let me remind you guys, I'm still here. Like, am I not still the goat?" It's it. I, I think the Jay Z Nas comparison for is sure, bro. For that. sure. But he said every time Nas drop, I'm gonna drop. Let's get to uh, some other some other questions here. Shoot them, uh, shoot them this way. Is there any moment in a? This is well not well written here. We're gonna skip that question. Is there a sports moment that you remember in a sport that you're usually not watching? Hmm. Well, we did say Argentina. Yeah, I was going to say actually racing. I remember as a kid, there was this like... What about tennis? I could go tennis too. A lot of good Federer and Nadal matches. Facts. I remember that one at Wimbledon. I remember when Federer, Federer and what about Roddick what? in Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. What about Djokovic beating Federer? Come on. Bro. I love tennis, bro. It is fun to watch the top three. Like when, when they were in their prime, it was fun. Like Nadal on clay was nasty. Yeah, nobody could beat him on clay, but then he got to the US Open and he couldn't do anything with Federer. And then Federer ran across his boogeyman, Djokovic, and he you know, he couldn't like he couldn't he couldn't mess with him. I to answer this question though, I'm gonna go a little different than tennis actually. It was racing, and I don't know why I'm going to bring this up, Jose, but I remember when I was very little, there's, like, this this race it's called, like, the 24 Hours at Daytona. They race it literally 24 hours, right? And this one car I really fucked with. Like, it was, a, like, a Pontiac, or not, it was, like, a Chevy GT, whatever. And I ended up, like, having the decal as a kid. <laughs> and it was in the lead in the race, and I remember I watched, like, as much as I could of it, like, Almost the whole thing. For real? And I remember, like, two hours left, the car, like, had some problems. He was in the lead by so much because of how long the race is. The car blew he, up? Yeah, with, like, 30 minutes, I remember it, like, crushed me as a kid. And, like, this, like, uh, I think the Pontiac, like, Kodak car won the race, like, over it. This thing, and yeah, I, I know. I remember, I, yeah, I was, like, so sad. But I remember, like, 
that would I would put that in there for like a sports moment that's like a, a little different for me. Like, You're like Jack, come back. But I still I still remember it to this day. Like, you know, like eighteen years later, like being the kid just like so crushed about that. I think the most crushing moment was that that Beltron pitch for me, bro. Really? Yeah, bro. I don't know. It's just like it hurt me. It really did. <laughs> it did because my favorite player in the biggest moment, game seven. And he just like froze, bro. He had like a brain fart. Like it was, it was bad. I think as you get, I think as I get older as a sports fan, it's great to just like know. I think like when you have like those losses that like as a fan, it just crushes you. You're like, you you take it with you forever. It's like the biggest. It's like it was like the Super Bowl, right? Obviously, that's the most recent. It's like they get all the way there. They. You know, it's how many months, weeks, up. days, hours, time, like, all that just to get there. And just, it's like, are you kidding me? Like Not to come back. And it's like, I think as a sports fan, though, you realize that you have those moments. You're never going to avoid them. They're inevitable. You're going to have the wins of cherish. You're going to have the hard losses and the tragedy. And that's what's great about sports. And I think that's why we kind of wanted to have an episode like this, just to kind of, you know, Dip and dabble at moments no, in time for sure. of like just you know things that you gotta get interesting, you know. I think we got uh, one more question. Uh what if you had if you had a chance to watch one game again, what would it be? I think we kind of answered this question, but Jose, what would it be? One game again for one game tournament match. One game. What would it be? That's tough. That is hard, isn't that? That's a tough. That, that's a tough one because I love basketball. I love baseball. I love football. I say, and and then do you have to be biased and like choose your favorite team winning, or do you choose like another team winning? I think if you have one, it's like say if you have like three hours maybe, and you gotta watch one. What are you I'm, I'm gonna go Dodgers and Are you gonna Astros? go Dodgers Astros. I don't know, bro. I honestly going I into the show, I figured that was gonna be a I hot would. topic point. I would you honestly, would? yeah, bro. You couldn't you couldn't write a better game. Yeah, I mean maybe like the Tiger, Tiger won in the Masters in 2019. That for me, yeah, I, I probably would have to go with that. That one for sure, right? Like I yeah. just like. It's the most memorable for you, so of course you're gonna say that one. It's like, yeah. if it's the most memorable and you got the the victory that you wanted, yeah, like how could you not pick that one? I know. So, I'm excited to see what the what the next you know next generation does with sports. I mean, we've been treated. Oh to yeah, some we we in, we in for a whole. We have a lot of young talent in basketball, a lot of young talent in baseball, a lot of young talent in football. Pretty much every quarterback in the league right now, besides you know the the last of the dime breed, yeah, with the Aaron Rodgers, Brady's on his ready out retirement. Yeah, so stage. Brady, <laughs> Brady's basically. I mean, not Brady. Um, what's his name? Rodgers is pretty much by himself yeah. in that category. Braun is pretty much by himself in that category. Everyone that he's played with is already. Retired or commentating, who else? So we got basketball, we got base. Who's the last of the dime breed in baseball? Would um, you say Justin Verlander, Max yeah, Scherzer? I was gonna say probably Verlander from a pitching standpoint. Yeah, yeah, but those, there isn't like any, you know, like 
you go through the Yankees, there isn't like anybody left. Like Tashar's no. not there. No, not there. You Everybody's know. gone. So yeah. it's like, and that every team in any professional league. You said Brady to Mahomes. Now we're in that transition with yeah, football. Facts. You know, for that example. So, I mean, I think sports right now, particularly, is like in a great place. You have young superstars everywhere. You have superstars in big markets. You have superstars in small markets. So it's just like, I. I think for me, and I guess to kind of round out this kind of conversation, I think what's great about moments in time is like we just can, you know, sit here and just do a small portion of it. You know, we could dive into it, but, you know, there's so many great moments and times where you can reflect on sports that just overshadow and just cut through whatever was going on in your life that you can just pinpoint. And that's the cool point about it. I think for me, what's going to be really interesting to see in the future is sports kind of has this clash with entertainment and that aspect yeah. and how much money really does influence sports as a business because it is, you well, know, of course. So I think, I think sports change yeah. ones that added betting. Well, yeah. So now I think with how much money is now going into sports and being pumped up it almost is like now fighting what it's almost core values and cultures of the whole thing. So it's almost like all this money is great. I think you're about to see like the highest end of sports at its full potential. I think athletes are going to be paid at top dollar. I think FanDuel and sports betting is going to be at a high. I think you know people watching and people attending and everything with sports is going to be at an all-time high. But my question is the world itself and everything going on these days, you know, with the sustainability aspect of it, can sports maintain the budget and the drive. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have all these problems going around in the world and it seems like so. every day it's like, it's going to get worse every day. But you know, what? I think, I think so that, because yeah, when, when things get going bad, it's, we turn world, to sports. Yeah. We turn to sports and that's like what brings everybody together. Like yeah, for two hours, three hours, like yeah. we can forget about everything that's going I agree, around yep. and just focus on one thing. Yeah. So I think that's what sports would never like business wise ever fall apart or like die down like yeah some markets and some teams will probably lose a lot of revenue and shit like that but for the most part this is this is what we tune in and like we could we like we noticed that like during covid we went off you know we we experienced something that's never been experienced before yeah never pandemic like that and stop the world yeah the the world stopping what do people want we just wanted sports and the league's bend it backwards their front flips stand it on their head just to try to make things possible so we can have something to just tune into and just forget about all the madness that's going on around us so i think it's honestly like the best way to put it is sports is such a such an amazing thing to just you know embrace it's like the one thing that seems like it's never going to change it's timeless it seems like it's it's always revolving. You know, you go through all these seasons of MLB and NFL and ML- NBA mm-hmm. and NF- NHL. And, you know, it's always it's always on. It's always going. And it it's going to continue. Yeah. And just that's where I hope, you know, like you said, I think it will continue because of that aspect of that competitiveness. That's always going to hopefully rule the business end of it. And not saying that it, the business end isn't important, but hopefully the money aspect doesn't over overvalue you know the the core values of what sports and what we love about it that you know really takes sure. you away from from all the problems in the in the world and hopefully we took your attention away from everything going on yeah i think so i think for a little bit here and uh 
you know, we're going to go on a little spring break for Jose off to yeah. Florida. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back in a couple of days. And we'll uh, we'll be back for the Masters. So. For sure. We'll be cook up on Monday. Jose, any uh any last any last uh last thoughts here before you, yeah, you head uh, uh, on a on a plane? Uh my last thoughts for today. I just want to take a quick second to, you know, send my prayers and condolences and my heart warm uh blessings to all the, you know, victims of this tragic, tragic situation that we just experienced in Nashville with another yes. shooting in a school, you know. I pray for those families. I pray for the city. Like, it's, it's it's a tough situation when we have to continue to deal with these 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 problems, you know. And I'm I'm not here to like dig deep into the like the details or how things could be done or what should be done or who's to blame or who's not to blame. I think we just need to take a step back and just you know really think about the families and those kids and how that really could like devastate your city and your family and your loved ones very fast. Mm. So I just want to, you know, send my blessings to them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And our thoughts and prayers are with uh, all the family members that have been affected by this uh, terrible tragedy that took place in Nashville. So our thoughts and prayers are with uh, everybody at this time. And we pray for better days for Mike and Jose and from everybody here within the Mexican Mike. It's up and it's stuck. God bless, baby. God bless.